Welcome back to another School of Science Radio podcast. Uh, this week, joined by just Matthew Chandler. Uh, no guest for us this week, so it's just going to be uh, me and him kind of discussing what happened over the weekend and uh, what to look forward to in the upcoming week. Um, obviously, a difficult matchup. Before we get into that, though, uh, Matthew, how are you doing today? I'm good, you know. I kind of had some time to digest what was pretty a grim Everton performance on yeah. Sunday, but um, plenty to talk about anyway, so yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. It was, uh, you know, after after getting off that hot start, it was it was nice not having that feeling, but um, but I think, you know, you know, we'll talk about it and discuss it and, you know, hopefully Everton learn from their mistakes. But before we get into any of that, uh, obviously they started off with three changes from the Liverpool draw. Um, uh, a lot of them due to injury, or two of them due to injury. Uh, first, Godfrey coming in at right back because John Joe Kenny and Coleman are not fit. Um, Sigurdsson coming in for Gomesh, which was a, uh, you know, a healthy swap, no injury there to our knowledge at least. Um, and then Iwobi coming in for Richarlison. Um, obviously, Richarlison not injured, but um, uh, banned for uh, the three games after the red card against Liverpool. Um, Everton lost this one two to nothing. James Ward-Prowse in the twenty seventh, uh, Adams in the thirty fifth. Um, I mean, all around, by all accounts, was not a great performance, Matthew. Um, as a whole, what did you think before we get into anything? Uh, I guess concrete and you know narrowed down. Uh, well, I think what was disappointing for me was we kind of saw how. We may be lacking in strength and depth, um, which is, you know, what I wrote about after this game was kind of how we've seen that Evan have like a, an excellent starting 11, but once you kind of chip away at that, there's not a lot left sort of underneath that surface level. And I think we saw that with just how poor Evan were going forward and how basically Alex McCarthy and Samson Gold had nothing to do after Samson scored. I thought we were okay for the first 25 minutes or so, you know. It will be, you know, had an awful first half, apart from the one moment where he looked to get in behind and I think forced a corner. Gilfie Sigurd can obviously hit the bar uh, from range uh, with like a lovely sort of trademark Sigurdsson curling effort, but we just didn't offer anything after Samson. After Samson went ahead and kind of seemed to give up, give up the ghost too easily for my liking and um, while I'm I'm more convinced this will be just a blip than I was last season after these kind of games, um, it's definitely a lot of, of food for thought there for Ancelotti um, in the way that Everton kind of had no real real response to you know the the goals Samson scored and the threats that Samson showed them. Yeah, absolutely. I think. Um... You know, obviously, it wasn't um, you know it wasn't the best performance. When you talk about depth, you know, we've talked in the past about it, you know recently about how you know the Sigurdsons and the Awobis had stepped up as subs as opposed to the starting players. Um, and I think we saw this week why they are substitutes and why the starting eleven was the starting eleven um, because you know they just they um, you know it, it felt like. You know they couldn't, they couldn't get the job done. Um, you know we've seen flashes of brilliance from them in, in a, in substitute appearances, but but this week 
you know, obviously a little bit, um, you know, pretty average. Uh, Godfrey stepping in a right back was decent against Liverpool, but um, it seems that Southampton have figured out the recipe um, and kind of, you know, seemed like they were running a couple people at him at a time, forcing them to make a decision. Um, and as, as we've talked about in the chat, um, Rodriguez isn't the most defensively uh, minded player. So Godfrey kind of left out on an island out there right back. Um, and then we also missed, uh, you know, Coleman going forward as well. So, um, you know, obviously some problems there, but none really to Godfrey's fault because Godfrey doesn't play it right back. And, you know, obviously there's reason why. Um, you know, uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be too harsh on Godfrey, though. I'm not, yeah, I'm not saying yeah. you. Are, I'm not saying you are being. I'm just saying, I don't think. I think there's a lot of mitigating factors with Godfrey. Um, he's only 22. Yeah. He's not really played much in the Premier League, has he? I mean, he had one. He had in you know, Norwich, who were disastrous for most of last season. That's his. No. Only yeah. Problem. Absolutely. I think you know. I. I think it's just um. You know, in terms of Everton's whole performance and why they were poor, obviously. Godfrey. Yeah playing out of position and Southampton kind of, you know, well, they exploited him, didn't they? Yeah. They, they, they targeted Godfrey yeah. and, and then you would do, wouldn't you? Yeah. Um, yeah didn't have a good game. He gave Redmond, Nathan Redmond got a lot of joy down his side. Yeah. Danny Ings, I think put the cross in down his side for Che Adams goal. Um, but I, I'm, yeah, it's, I think it was just one of those days for Godfrey. I don't think, yeah, and really, yeah, I don't think you can say, you know, also, how often this season are we going to have two, uh, you know, our only two right backs both yeah. injured at the same time? It's not, yeah. not a long time. Oh, no, it's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely not. You know, anything against Godfrey. Um, just, um, I guess, just part of the picture, just part of what, what happened. Um, obviously, you know, it is, you know, Coleman, I guess, you know, even at, at the age that he's at and, you know, sometimes we, we count him off, you know, his talents, um, especially this year. Um, he's been brilliant this year, Tom. Yeah, he, he's, been, he's been fantastic and, and um, you know, really helpful. So, um, you know, it, it's good to see him and good to see him, um, you know, playing well. Um, so yeah. hopefully he gets back to, to full health, uh, you know, in, in short time. Are we expected to have John Joe Kenny next week? Uh, I think Ancelotti, um, well, it was weird because obviously we had last week Ancelotti saying on Thursday that Rodriguez was out for the Southampton game. And also in that report, he said John Joe Kenny was, you know, in contention and, you know, a possibility. And then the next day he has his press conference before the match and says Rodriguez is back, but Kenny isn't. But Kenny's obviously, I think, back in training now. So, and he's his injury was four weeks ago now against West Ham, so I think that was the kind of the time scale that they initially put on it. Um, so fingers crossed, yeah, John Joe Kenny can be back because not because Godfrey was like like we said, not because Godfrey was terrible. It's just you know, he's not a natural fit there. It's not not fair to, to expect him to be you know perfect yeah. playing in, in an unrecognised position. Someone is still pretty young at twenty two. Yeah, no, no, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. totally agree with that. Um, uh, you know, obviously we talked about Wobi, we'll we've talked about Sigurdsson. Do you think that if we had started Gomesh, um, it would have changed the game? Or would, do you think there would have been more calmness in the midfield? Um, you know, do you think that would have helped the midfield a little bit, helped the, you know, the passing sequences? Or was it kind of lost cause in that midfield with either of them in this one? I don't think that midfield was helped by the fact that 
I thought Allen looked very tired um, during this game. Um, I thought Decore was all right, but I thought Allen particularly. I don't think he's fully fit yet, Allen, from his injury that he had in that West Ham game either. I think he was okay against Liverpool, but at times he's lost the pace there as well. He's not played badly yet, I just don't think he's fit. So whether Gomez would have would have remedied that midfield in a way that Sigerson couldn't, I don't know. All I would say about Sigerson is that I just think he has been better this season, but it's been you know largely off the bench. So if you if you're if you're coming on at a time when the you know players started to tire in the game, sort of slowing down naturally. Yeah. That's always going to suit a player like Sigerson better, I think, because Sigerson, I think we all agree, is, is a naturally slow footballer. Um, when he starts games, I don't think he quite has the same impact. I know he hit the bar with that you know, great effort, but apart from that, he's pretty anonymous. Um, and I just always think on midfield there's maybe a better balance to it with Gomez. I know there's some people who... I know Gomez is kind of polarising and people say, what does he do? And I do get that because like his, particularly his goals and assists, columns aren't. You know, stack with stack full of goals and assists, but um, it's just I don't know something about I mean, the balance on the field just didn't really look right on Sunday. And with the Wobie, it's 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 tough with the Wobie, isn't it? Because um, don't really have the only the only the only natural left winger I think we have apart from Richarlison is Anthony Gordon, who's obviously. Yeah, really sort of precocious young talent at 19, but he's only 19, so you have to sort of bed him in gently and and, ten, and not just throw him in at the deep end every week. Um, and while, you know, I want to, I want to see Gordon get more minutes, you can kind of, you can kind of understand why Antwerpy picked the Ruby. Having said that, I just think he showed again that he's, that's not his position. You know, he's completely ineffective, really, for the 45 minutes he was on. And, and again, like, I mean, the owner should be on players like Iwobi more than it is on players like Gomez to get goals and assists. Yeah. And that was Iwobi's thirtieth yeah. league game for us and he's got one goal and one assist in the league. Which, you know, for the money we pay for him, however much you say whether Marcus Silver wanted him or Marcel Brands wanted him or whether Ancelotti rates him, that's not a good enough return, is it, for what we expected from Iwobi. Um and I think you can probably say now that that he's had his chance. Um to make it to make a make a case to be involved in Premier League games, and he hasn't hasn't really taken it, has he? So, uh, I would I would hope for Anthony Gordon next week. Put it that way. Yeah, no, I think I would agree. Um, I mean, I, I'm with you. I, I would love to have Anthony Gordon out there because I think in the you know few times he has played, the few times we have seen him, he he has had uh, plenty of flashes of brilliance. I think I think he's been pretty quality. Um, you know, getting assists and putting balls in good spots. Um, you know, good effort week in, week out. So um hopefully he does get some playing time. Yeah. Um but you know, even I, even on even on Sunday when he came on, like within the first minute of coming on, he he linked up well with Bernard, who I thought was okay off the bench, but linked up well with him uh and forced a corner, which was about, you know that was that was pretty much the extent of our sort of attacking endeavours uh after Stanton scored. So that in itself was kind of a cut above what everyone, what anybody else was offering. So he's, he's very direct, and I like that about him. He, you know, he, he looks up straight away and yeah. looks to get forward. He's not, he's not someone who ponders on the ball like like a lot of other players. I think we've got in reserve. Um, I think that's a real asset to Everton. And 
You know, aside from anything else, it is, it is the closest thing you'll get to like for like with Richarlison. I'm not saying he's anywhere near Richarlison's level yet, but in terms of what else we've got to pick from, he is the best option, I think, after Richarlison there. Yeah, absolutely. I totally, totally, totally agree with that. Um, you know, I, I think the same thing. Um, you know, obviously, like you mentioned, not much offense coming from, not much attacking quality coming from Everton this, this past week. Um, obviously, leaving Calvert-Lewin pretty isolated up top. No striker to swap on the bench. Meanwhile, Moise Keane is over at PSG scoring a brace this past weekend. Um, we're not saying that, obviously, Calvert-Lewin or, or Moise Keane would have been, you know, a replacement for Calvert-Lewin or, you know, obviously Calvert-Lewin has had a tremendous season so far. But it would have been nice to have somebody of Moise, Queen, Moise Keane's quality to be sort of a change of pace from what we normally see um, from yeah. Calvert-Lewin. He's a different type of player. Um, I think probably a little bit more creative um, and could create on his own. And I think that's something we may have missed um, this, this past weekend and something that yeah. may have helped us create something, no? Yeah, yeah. I, I think maybe, I don't know, maybe this would have been a game where the 4-4-2 of old might have suited Everton a bit. This kind of, you know, the style that we, we played at the start of Ancelotti where, you know, we're less um, sort of, we're, we're less well-stocked in midfield, but then we, we are more, uh, you know, there's, there's more company for Calvert-Lewin, put it that way. Because I don't think he had a bad game on Sunday. I just think he got an absolutely no service. I mean, I can't remember him touching the ball once. Yeah. Um, which is not his fault. I mean, again, like, I I, I wrote that it, had, it kind of had a very sort of 2017 feel to it in how you got, you got Dominic Calvert-Lewin sort of ploughing alone for front with no real... Uh, you know, colleagues in support of him. Um, so, I was kind of disappointed that Ellis Sims didn't make the bench, to be honest. I, I, you know, I think, you know, we had three central midfielders on the bench and uh, Gordon Bernard as well, and Gordon and Bernard as well. So, they're, they're two quite similar players. The three midfielders are all quite similar. Why not just maybe a bit of a wild card with Ellis Sims? I'm not going to I'm not going to go overboard on like questioning Ancelotti because he's got everything else pretty much spot on this season. But um, it is a worry. Like if something happens to Calvert Lewin or like on Sunday where he's just he's getting no service, what what's the sort of game changer there? Maybe maybe it will be Gordon. But um, like I'd like to see Ellis Sims get a shot because I think people are quite keen to see how he copes with the step up. Obviously having scored hatfuls of goals in the under 23s. Um, and obviously not gonna, not he's not had a loan spell yet, so uh, yeah, that would be something I quite like to see going forward. Uh, at least maybe until Ching Tosin's back from injury. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, just definitely need a a, a striker who can do something a little different than Calvert Lewin. Not that you know, like, like you said, Calvert Lewin did what he could uh, this past weekend. He just um, wasn't getting much service, and and. Maybe you need somebody who can, you know, a nice change of pace. You know, just having somebody different up there um, with fresh legs is, is, you know, something that could help late in the game. So, um, you know, not that Alan Calvert-Lewin needs to be replaced. Not, you know, it's just wishing we had that substitute on the bench to, yeah. um, you know, put in there to kind of change things up. Um, and I think I think he missed Richarlison more than anyone because I think you, yeah. you see when they play together how well they complement each other, whether that's Richardson off the left or Richardson partnering him up front as he did last season. Um, without 
just that sort of X factor that you get from Richarlison. I think we look really predictable, and I think Calvert Lewin, you know, were suffered more than anyone, more than anyone else did um, in that respect, just because there's no service, there's no sort of flashes of quality that you get from Richarlison. Um, and I, I just think we look very predictable in attack without someone like Richarlison. And it is maybe a bit of a worry how sort of dependent we are on him, but then you've got to remember that this is still. It's a work in progress, isn't it? Yeah. Just because we started the season so well doesn't mean we're going to, you know, continue in the same vein all year. And I think yeah. bumps in the road like this were inevitable for Evan, who are still, you know, we're still getting there, aren't we? We're not, we're not the finished article yet. Yeah, yeah, and absolutely. I mean, you know, we all knew coming into this that it wasn't going to be a, you know, a one-year thing. It wasn't going to get changed over the summer. We all knew it was going to take some time. We've just gotten lucky to for it to have been you know, a pretty quick turnaround in a lot of areas, but there definitely are still some areas depth wise and um, whatnot that need some work, which will take some time. And, uh, and I'm, you know, I have full faith in Ancelotti and, and brands to get that done. But for right now, you know, it's one of the issues that we do have and one of the issues we may face and one of the issues that may cause us to lose games like this. But um, you know, it's what you got to deal with. And, you know, for what we're, for the quality we're getting on the field most weeks, um, I think every Everton fan will accept that and be, you know, understanding that, you know, obviously it's tough losing games when you when when you haven't lost one all season, but, um, you know, it's it's worth, you know, it's a work in progress and and we're still working and and I think that's exciting mm-hmm. being that we're at this point yeah. we still have stuff to do. So um, I don't think. Sorry, just one more point I would say. I don't think like um, a lot of games last season where Everton were well beaten. Uh, I think you saw rightly sort of players, managers, and fans laying into the performance of the players and questioning their attitude and things like that. I'm thinking, you know, Wolves away at the end of the season, or the Norwich defeat under Silva, or the Chelsea defeat under Ancelotti. Um, I don't think this was that kind of game. I just think Everton had. I don't think it was. I don't think it was really a lack of effort. I just think it was one of those days where nothing really went for us and. Maybe it was a step too far in terms of keeping this unbeaten run going, keeping the winning start going. So, yeah. um, it's not something. I guess next week will be like the test of how much it's affected us and how sort of how we respond to this kind of first setback we've had. But I don't get the same impre- like vibe of this defeat as I did off a lot of last year's kind of galling, sort of you know sit behind the, you know hide behind the sofa defeats. If you know what I mean? Yeah. No. Absolutely. No. I I totally agree with that. Um. Totally agree that, yeah, like you said, it's not one of those types of defeats. It's just one of those days where it wasn't your day. Um, you know, you're going to have those, too. You're going to have those. I mean, uh, it happens. Um, you know, I think, you know, the depth may be tested a little more as we move forward now with um, something we haven't talked about yet but has to be talked about, the Dean, the dean red, uh, red card for the challenge on Kyle Walker-Peters. Obviously, Ancelotti, after the game, called it a joke, said Everton would appeal. Um, also mentioned that, you know, he felt or he was not sure if it could be from, you know, all the, the talk about um, Pickford and and um, and Richarlison all across the week. Um, I mean, let's get right to it. Was it a fair red card or was it not a fair red card? Uh, I don't think it was a red, but I also don't think Everton will win their appeal. Um, 
because I think Ancelotti has a point in that I think what happened in the derby, both with Pickford and uh, Charlton, and and maybe to a lesser extent just the general uh, atmosphere of the derby, and there are a lot of flying tackles, a lot of a lot of fouls um, from both sides. But I don't think I think that kind of set a precedent maybe for this game for Everton. Um, so I think that will get work against them in the appeal. Having said that, I think it's a yellow. I think there's no attempt from Dean to play the ball. Um, I, I just don't think it's vicious enough to get a red. And actually, I don't know if you I don't know if you heard this, but um, I watched the game without without the. I know it doesn't really make much of a difference, but I, I watched the game without the, the sort of pumped in crowd noise on Sunday. Yeah. And when Dean takes Walker Peters out, there's a really like audible, maybe exaggerated, but you know, really audible scream from Walker Peters. Um, which felt kind of out of proportion with you know the severity of the challenge, but I just wonder if that played on the referee's mind when he was making his mind up. You know, these players just sort of loud, loud, this big shriek. You know, that would suggest he's in a world of pain. And he had treatment, but I don't think I think he's injured or anything like that. You know, so no, and I, I think, think that worked against. I think the other thing that probably played him. into it was how Dean, obviously by no fault of his own, slid on Walker Peters' ankle. You know, look made the challenge look a lot worse than it, I think it was. When you slow it down, I mean, when you slow it down, you can see that he's trying to slow up. You know, you can tell he's not even trying. He's not even trying to play the player. Never mind the ball. You know, he's just trying to you know not get into contact with with Walker Peters. Obviously, he steps on his ankle. I think it's purely accidental. Um, you know, my dad's a ref. He saw the challenge. I mean, he doesn't think it was red either. Um, you know, he said same things, you know, accidental, you know, no, you know, vicious intent. Um, it's not like, you know, uh, I think Richarlison's was significantly worse. You know, there was intent. There was, you know, a premeditated effort to go in on that challenge and a chance to pull out. I think Dean tried to pull out and just didn't have enough space to pull out because Kyle Walker-Peters slowed down. Um, you know, and I think that, you know, that's part of the, uh, you know, it, obviously I think it looked worse than it actually was. Like you said, whether Everton win the appeal or not, that's another story because of how things played out during the week. Um, you know, it, it's – obviously it's disappointing. Um it's hard to swallow this one, of course, uh, compared to Richarlison because Richarlison's you felt like, okay, could be it's, oh, it's a red. Right, yeah. yeah, no, it's a yeah. red. It's, you know, he did it, you know, he, you know, it, it was, you know, not that he intended to hurt the player, but he knew what he was doing when he went in for the tackle. Um, this one, it, it's, it wasn't that case. And then, and now we know Everton probably left without Dean for, for three games. Um, it's, I mean, I don't think there was intent there, but it's just, and I get the argument that you know it doesn't matter whether there's intent, but yeah, I just fundamentally don't think the challenge was. Well, I think there was a clear right. effort to avoid the challenge, and it just you know they were yeah. flying down the wing at, at such a pace. You know, if if Dean doesn't step on him and accidentally runs into him and or trips him or whatnot, it's a yellow card. You know, he he just yeah. happened, his leg just happened to be coming down at the same time Walker's Peter's leg was there you know it's not like dean all it also it's not like dean looked and lunged out or anything like that it was kind of just in stride um yeah so i mean yeah. i think i think there is an element maybe of like 
Dean was frustrated. I think you know. I think yeah. He had sort of nicked at Walker Peace already. I think. And yeah. Maybe he was walking, treading a fine line, but. Um. And also, another another player really suffered from a Charles's absence. I think was Dean, because yeah, he normally links up really well with him down that left flank, and didn't have that same connection with the Wobi, uh, or or really Gordon, obviously, because Gordon's still young and still learning. Yeah, um, I mean that 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 so, left side that left side could look very young next week if if. Well, yeah, I know, and you know, you know it's, it it'll be interesting, but I think. It's just frustrating because I don't think Dean's not. They, I know this kind of not that type of player thing is a sort of cliche and doesn't really mean anything. But Dean Dean is not a, a sort of vicious, aggressive player, is he? And no, um, no, I don't think he meant it. I don't think he deserved it. But you know what? I don't. I don't feel if it is. If 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 the appeal isn't, they don't win the appeal, and we're left with Nkunku for Newcastle. It's not the end of the world because. I think Kunku was a really promising player and, and looking forward to seeing him get a chance, really. If he, I if think he that play. Everton are better covered at left back than they are for Richarlison spot. And I think that's why, you know, you know, I think that Nkunku at yeah. least has already shown real quality in consistent, consistent real quality in performance after performance. I think we, you know, against, he played against West Ham. I mean, I don't know. Newcastle hasn't looked great so far. I mean, they're probably maybe they're a little bit better than West Ham, but I think, you know, he probably can handle that left side. Um, obviously, again, I, th- I just think that he's, a, you know, we're a little bit more, you know, fit to handle his absence um, or Dean's absence than we are to handle Richarlison's absence. Um, but we'll see. Obviously, in those games, um, I'm pretty sure Richarlison played in the West Ham match, right? Yeah, he scored, and then I think didn't he go off with an injury? I think. Oh yes, he might have. He might have. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but still, having Richarlison there might have helped him. I don't know. We'll see. But um, definitely going to be interesting. Obviously, no word yet on the appeal and and how that's going. I'm sure we should get an answer before the end of the week if they appealed, right? Yeah, I would, I would think so. Yeah, because um, obviously I'll need to know for preparing for the game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so. Obviously, um, you know, just a quick couple quick things to hit on from Pete's five uh, telling stats. Everton defensively haven't been great really all season, to be quite honest. They're conceding one, one and a half goals per game, um, which is something. Worrying. Yeah. Yeah, that is worrying. Obviously, I think, in my personal opinion, I think that, um, you know, maybe when we get Holgate back, it will allow yeah, some of those things to be figured out. Um, obviously there's a huge dependence on James Rodriguez. Um, he's had the most shots and the most key passes in every game all season. He's been the main creator for Everton. Um, you know, and obviously when he is unable to do that, it clearly shows. Um, we've talked about the striking options, obviously the red card we've talked about and, um, the one thing we haven't talked about in the end, Everton still finished the weekend top of the league. So, um, you know, it's um, it, all in all, it's it's okay. <laughs> we finished the weekend top of the league. We're doing okay. Um, and now it's just about answering the bell uh, come, come Newcastle on Sunday. 
Um, we're going to take a quick break now, uh, but after the break, we'll talk about Newcastle um, and Everton's matchup with them uh, coming out this weekend. All right. Uh, welcome back. Now we're going to talk a little bit about Everton's matchup with Newcastle this weekend. Um, that'll take place Sunday, November 1st, 2 p.m. British Standard Time, 9 a.m. over here in uh, on the East Coast of America. Um, Newcastle in the Premier League so far is 14th. They played six. They've won two, drawn two, lost two. They drew 1-1 at Wolves on Sunday. Um, last season versus Newcastle, um, obviously the 2-1 um, the two one win over Newcastle in December, and then the two two draw in which I think we were leading that game two two nothing correct um, and those goals were scored late in the game um, ninety yeah, fourth minute yeah yeah in January um, so not exactly the best <laughs> the best memories, but let 's uh, start here let 's start with the changes we've talked about it a little bit. What changes would you make uh, well, obviously. We're assuming Dean doesn't play, you're going to have to take him out so Nkunku comes in, um, which, like I said, is not something that I'm particularly worried about, given how, how you know, Dean is fantastic, but I think Nkunku's showed himself to be a real talent so far, and hopefully he can keep on going in the Premier League. Anthony Gordon, for Iwobi, would be you know, a pretty obvious one, I think. Another young player who deserves a chance. Iwobi's not really done anything to convince there, neither has Bernard. Yeah. Um, neither of them I think are wingers anyway um, and for me I, I would probably bring back Andre Gomez because I don't think I just don't think we needed to change that midfield maker. I know Gomez was poor against Liverpool but we hadn't lost a game with that with that midfield and I don't again I don't see I don't really think Sigurdsson has the best impact on games now when he starts and certainly in the Premier League um, so I would I personally put Gomez back in um, because who else have you got there? Fabian Delph, not not for me. Tom Davies, not for me. Not the uh, player we need there. In other positions, maybe you put no. them in in other positions in the midfield, but in that position, I think Goldmesh is really the only other option. Yeah, and, you know, um, I mean, has Gomez done that badly? I think I think it was apart from the Derby when he looked, yeah, exactly. looked you know, hung over more than anything. I think apart from that, I think the international break has kind of killed our momentum a bit, to be honest. Like I said before about Allen, um, and maybe you know players like Rodriguez and Mina to a lesser extent. Just that Rodriguez looks tired as well. Mina hasn't had a great last two games either. I think um, whether you know the travelling jet lag. I mean, it shouldn't by now, but yeah. Just think, just go back to what what worked for us start of the season. I think, um, and this is you know this is an eminently winnable game for Evan, isn't it? So. Um, I think other than that, I don't know. I saw someone make an argument. Maybe if if Coleman and Kenny are, are still out, do you play Rodriguez? Maybe in number ten and play someone else on the wing who will maybe give give Godfrey more more cover. Maybe someone like Bernard who well, yeah, probably the closest thing to a, the closest thing to a Charleston in terms of a winger who tracks back. I think. Um, I don't think. You, you you don't expect Rodriguez to get back. I'm not saying it's because he shouldn't, because you know everyone should do their bit. But he is so good going either way that he's kind of yeah kind of gets away with it, doesn't he? So 
Um, but I would feel sorry for Godfrey if he's kind of left out there hang, hanging out to dry again. So, No, yeah, I um, think, um, you know, this week, probably even more so, Godfrey's going to need some cover because he's got to deal with St. Maxim on that left side, um, who's quick. And, God, yeah. Yeah, so um, that will be a challenge for him. So kind of hoping that Kenny is back uh, to just have somebody – Not again, not that Godfrey is – this is none. Any of this is Godfrey's fault. He's kind of got been thrown into the fire here, um, but just to have somebody who's a more natural right back in that position will probably help us um, in that situation. Um, thoughts on Newcastle? Newcastle are a really weird team because um, you watch them and then you look at like the, the sort of underlying numbers, stats, and um, you know shots on target, chances created, etc. And everything should point to a team who is propping up the table and, uh, you know, is right in the, in the middle of a relegation battle every year. But certainly, you know, last last season under Bruce anyway, Steve Bruce. Um, but they seem to get results in a sort of, in a way that doesn't really seem to enthuse Newcastle fans. I think, you know, Steve Bruce is obviously really unpopular there. Uh, I think most of their fans kind of see him as like a sort of stooge for Mike Ashley, but... You know, he gets results. So, you know, I mean, in that Everton game last season was just ridiculous in terms of Newcastle was so poor for 93 minutes and then scored two goals in the last minute. Um, and Nick, you know, probably the least deserved draw. I, was, I remember my granddad actually going to... I was at my, that game with my granddad um, and he always goes to the toilet before he leaves the ground. So he, he said, like, I'll meet you down. at the, I'm going to... Toilet. I'll meet you down outside the outside the stadium after the game, and he went down. He left me at two nil, um, and he thought he thought we'd won like three one or four nil or something because he heard two cheers um, <laughs> that night. Um, but no, I was just. I mean, that kind of game I guess kind of sums up Newcastle and the Bruce, and they can they can look absolutely terrible for you know literally the entire game almost, and and still come away with. With something to show for it. Um, yeah. I watched them on on Sunday and against Wolves, and it was a pretty turgy game. They had they defended for a lot of that game, um, and then nicked a point from a free kick from uh, one of the Murphy twins. But what's weird about them is that they've got a lot of really kind of exciting attacking players. I would say yes. Sam Maximans, um, Alman, probably. Sam, Sam Maximus probably be pick of them, but they've also got Almiron. Um, they've got Callum Wilson, who I think is a good Premier League striker. Yeah. Ryan Fraser kind of lost his way at Bournemouth, but had that you know, had a few really great seasons there as well. Um, and even like you know John Joe Shelby can be. I mean, I think he was their top scorer last season with five or something like that. So um, it it kind of baffles me how you, they can't get more more of a tune out of out of their sort of attacking unit, but then they are still finding a way to get points. And um, I watched them against West Ham on the first day and they were really good then. Um, but then, you know, they're going to lose to Brighton 3-0 the next week. So um, we do have quite a good record against Newcastle, though, I would say that. And, you know, we had a ter- we have a terrible record at Southampton and lost and we have a decent record at Newcastle. So maybe that'll count for something, but... yeah. I certainly feel more confident about this game, even without Richarlison and potentially Dean, than I did about Southampton away. I don't know about you. Yeah, no, I think so too. Uh, I think you kind of hit it, hit the nail on the head. Newcastle is one of those teams that 
they do have some quality going forward, but um, they feel like the them going forward never really lives up to their potential. And like you said, they kind of just nick points out of nowhere. They nick nick wins out of nowhere. Um, you know, get a couple good chances here and there. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how the game plays out. But I think that I, I do feel more confident. I think that I was a little bit would be a little bit more worried about. Um, you know, I was a little more worried about Southampton than Newcastle, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that I think it's a winnable game without Dean or Richarlison. Um, again, that's also due to the fact that I feel much more comfortable um, having Nkunku in there um, rather than you know the replacements for for Dean. Obviously, having John Joe Kenny on the right side will be something that will help because. It's guaranteed that, you know, that they'll probably – I mean, say Maxim's going to run at, at Godfrey, um, and, and they might throw another player out there running at him and try and, you know, do the same thing Southampton did, and that, that could cause problems. Um, but, again – I mean, I, I, suspect you know, I suspect they will. Yeah. I think it's a winnable game. I think it's a, a game we, we, you know, we can expect to win. Or not expect to win, but hope to win. Um, feel a little bit better about – um, I mean, might as well just get right to it. Predictions. Um, I'm going to go 2-1. I think I can't back on us to keep a clean sheet at the moment just because, well, I don't think you can back on any team in the Premier League really to keep a clean sheet, can you? So um, that's no excuse, but I just think they don't look particularly solid. Having said that, I think um, Dominic Calvert-Lewin has quite a good record against Newcastle as well, doesn't he? So... Fancy him to get back among the goals and hopefully see Nkunku and Gordon take the chances if they get if they get a start, which I hope they do. Um, yeah. And to be honest, I think this game will probably tell us more about Everton this season than Southampton did because yeah. it'll be more telling how they react to it. Like I said before, it'll be more telling how how they uh, how they you know how they come back from from losing their first game and say just just reacting to winning another game and, or, you know, drawing the derby. Um, and again, you know, a good test of our strength and depth to see, see, you know, just how, how well stocked we are beyond, you know, what is probably like Ancelotti's preferred start at 11 um, with, you know, players like Nkunku and, and Gordon hopefully getting a chance. Um, just one more thing about this game before I let you do your prediction. Yeah. Um, I'm sure we'll talk to Ian next week because it's the women's FA Cup final, um, and you know, I was, I would, I'm looking forward to seeing that. But I'm also slightly annoyed, that not not slightly, very annoyed that the women's cup final clashes with the with the men's team game. So our game's at two. I think the women's game is half two against Man City, yeah, which is obviously you know a bigger game in in you know in a lot of ways because the NFA Cup final. Uh, for yeah. the women's team, it's probably a, a bigger deal than the men's, men's team's trip to Newcastle. But um, yeah. Yeah. just a shame, I think, because I think the women's game probably won't get the attention it deserves because a lot of people will naturally tune into the men's game. But um, it seems really bad planning. I don't know why. I think there was a petition, but I don't know why, especially with no fans travelling, I don't know why you couldn't have moved that, say, in the last week or so. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Fingers crossed for the men, fingers crossed for the women as well. Yeah. But hard game it's Man City, but they've done really well this season. Yeah, it'll be. I mean, obviously, like you said, it's disappointing because we won't be able to watch. I mean, 
we can watch both. It'll just be, you know, I mean, if you got a laptop, you can probably put one on there and then the other on the TV or something like that. Or I don't know, you got to maybe figure something out. But, um, but yeah, definitely difficult because obviously that's a game I'm sure a lot of Everton fans want to check out because, you know, it's, it is, like I said, it's a big match. It's a big match for the women, um, you know, for them to go out there and, and possibly beat Man City and bring home the FA Cup. That would be uh, – That'd be a pretty cool thing, and you would you would think you would want all attention towards that. So, obviously, a disappointing thing there, um, you know, having to play both games at the same time. Um, but we'll 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 see. Hopefully, hopefully, most fans can figure out a way to watch it uh, while watching the everything game if they want to do both as well. But yeah. um, in terms of predictions, what are you going for then? Yeah. Sorry, say that again. I was going to say, what are you going for for predictions on Gina? Yeah. You know, for predictions, um, I don't know. I, I always say, you know, oh, this is a game we should win. This is a game we should be expected to win. And then, you know, the pessimist in me is saying draw, 2-2 two, two, draw. I just see a late goal in there somewhere from Newcastle. I can see us going up 2-1, but I just see a late goal, um, you know, 2-2. Two, two. I don't know. I feel like it. there's always some sort of drama in these Newcastle games. I remember a couple, you know, a few years ago, I think it was Tom Cleverly put a, you know, scored in the 90, yeah, 92nd yeah. minute or something like that. So it just feels like every time we play Newcastle, it's, you know, a yeah. nail biter, an exciting finish. So I'm just going to go with 2-2, a 2-2 draw. Yeah. Again, obviously not what you want, better than a loss, but hopefully we see some good quality from the Everton squad this, this yeah. weekend. Big test for Pickford as well, I guess, because obviously these Newcastle games are kind of his, his kryptonite in some ways, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We saw that in that 3 2 game. Yeah, the 3 2 game of the year with Silver was kind of maybe, you know, that sort of in the day for that. But it, to be fair, he did well when we played them last year and beat them. So, and with no fans there, I guess that's less, that should be less of an issue because he won't be sort of goaded by Newcastle fans. Um, so hopefully he comes through that one well. I wouldn't. I don't. I thought was, I thought Pickford just quickly was was okay on Sunday. I think not to blame for either goal. So hopefully he can uh, give a good account of himself on Sunday as well. Yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to it, um, Matthew. Thank you as always for joining me. No problem. Um, <laughs> to you guys out there, um, that's it for us. Looking forward to this weekend. Hopefully another. Another wins ad. Hopefully, get back on, um, get back on the the winning train for you guys out there. Just remember, subscribe, follow us on Twitter. Um, you know, make sure you're you know getting all these these episodes as soon as they come out. Um, you'll get it right to the you know download download the episodes right to your phone. Um, you'll get them right away. That's all we got for this week. We'll talk to you guys next time.